Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. Hi, I'm Ben Carlson, and this is why this is not another housing bubble. There's no question residential real estate in the United States is on fire. The latest Case-Shiller Index data showed an 11% year-over-year increase. And this data is only through January. I would expect the numbers will be even higher in subsequent months. At this point, we've all heard anecdotes of housing shortages and ridiculous all-cash offers. So the logical conclusion for many prognosticators is to call this yet another housing bubble. I don't think that's the case. Here's why. First of all, there are more creditworthy borrowers. Yes, housing prices are rising at a rapid clip, but this is nothing like the subprime crisis. If you look at the credit scores for mortgage originations, the majority are going for people with 760 credit scores or more. That was simply not the case in 2005, 2006, and 2007. Loans are mostly being made to those with high credit scores and sizable down payments, the exact opposite of what was happening in the subprime housing boom. And according to the Wall Street Journal, mortgage credit availability is near its lowest point since 2014. This means the banks are pulling back on lending, or households are pulling back because they have been worried about the effects of the pandemic on their finances. Either way, if more people eventually begin to take out loans, this could actually lead to another leg higher in the housing market. Secondly, supply is constrained, but not for the reasons you think. The supply of existing home sales on the market is as low as it's ever been on record going back to the late 1990s. Yet the reason for this isn't necessarily a bunch of ravenous home buyers. Yes, there has been an increase in people moving because of the pandemic and the work from home opportunities it has created, but there are also fewer homes on the market because so many homeowners felt uncomfortable about having strangers walk through their house while an airborne virus is spreading around the globe. And the hangover caused by the last housing boom and bust caused home builders to pull back on the number of homes they built. U.S. building permits are still 26% lower than they were in 2007. U.S. housing starts are 37% lower than they were in 2007. Home builders are still gun-shy because they built so many homes during the last bubble and were left holding the bag when it busted. There was a huge spike in new homes being built in 2005, 2006, and 2007. It got as high as over 500,000. Now that number is about 300,000. In some ways, I don't blame these home builders, but their reluctance to build is one of the signs that things aren't nearly as frothy as they were in the mid-2000s. Next, the U.S. consumer balance sheet has improved. Another reason this is nothing like the subprime crisis is the state of the U.S. consumer's finances. A combination of falling interest rates, some trepidation following the last crash, and a healthy dose of stimulus payments mean the U.S. consumer is in better shape than they've ever been coming out of a recession. U.S. household debt service as a percentage of disposable income is as low as it's ever been on record going back to the 1980s. Now let's talk about how much equity people have in their homes this time. By the end of 2007, there was more than $10 trillion in home equity, but more than $9 trillion in mortgage debt. Now there is $21 trillion in home equity and $10 trillion in mortgage debt. People are far more capitalized than they were in the past. During the last bubble, people with terrible credit scores took on too much debt that they couldn't possibly hope to repay. That's not the case this time. If you want to call a housing bubble somewhere, there are much better options than other countries. Prices in Canada and the UK have handily outpaced the United States this century, with prices rising 118% in the US versus 166% in the UK and 253% in Canada. I suppose you could make the claim that U.S. housing prices are in a bubble, while prices elsewhere are in a mega bubble, but you'd have more sympathy for me as a bubble caller if you're talking about Toronto and Vancouver. And side note, even then, I'm not sure I'd be willing to stick my neck out to call these prices in places like this a bubble. Do prices seem unsustainable? Yes. Could they remain unsustainable? Probably. The market dynamics in residential real estate are unlike any other market on the planet. Most of the time, people buy because they want to own a home, not because they're tracking fundamentals. And finally, what if prices are rising for the right reason? Millennials are now the biggest demographic in this country, the oldest millennial turning 40 this year. That's me. 
my generation put off buying a house much longer than our parents' generation because most of us went to college or the financial crisis threw a wrench into things, or we just didn't want to grow up as fast. Like all previous generations, millennials got older. They decided to settle down and buy a home, even though it seemed like that would never happen following the great financial crisis. In a combination of the pandemic, remote work, and low interest rates have all pushed even more people to start buying houses. But just because prices are rising does not automatically make something a bubble. Sometimes prices rise for good reasons. You may not like those reasons, but that's not the same thing as a speculative mania. Could this turn into a bubble? Sure. I mean, never underestimate the American desire to take things to excess. But it's not a bubble right now. For more from me, check out wealthofcommonsense.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. Solid.